This week on Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. If, uh, if the land speeder gets blown up turn one, we should do a giveaway. Welcome to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Notorious Scoundrels Podcast, where we talk about Star Wars Legion, where we hit uh, some tactics and improving your game and other competitive Star Wars news. Uh, I'm uh, Kyle, a.k.a. Orchimedes, and uh, we also got Endless, a.k.a. David, other way around from Yavin Base, and my friend Mike, a.k.a. Dashes, also from Never Tell Me the Odds. How are you guys doing? Aloha. Pretty good. How are you? I'm good. doing all right. Uh, you sound sleepy there, Mr. Mr. Kyle. Are you, are you all right? You feeling okay? Yeah, I got... Um, so I have two kids, and uh, the oldest one is two and a half, so... Um, I am always sleepy. <laughs> there you go. I was saying I, it was too many games with Pathfinders. Oh, yeah, that too. Um, I actually, so we'll get to it, but I uh, usually I'm lucky to play like one game of Legion in a given week. I got four games in this week, so. Um, nice. Figures the one week I'm actually out of town, he's like, I, I'm going to play all the Legion. It, it would have been, been five. Uh, almost <laughs> was five. Um, but yes. So that was awesome. Uh, we got a lot of housekeeping to hit related to announcements and Adepticon, stuff like that. So we'll do that first. Uh, we're also going to talk about the rules updates that hit actually a couple weeks ago now. Um, those have been talked about already, so we're just going to hit some highlights and how they affect things currently. Um, we're going to talk about some recent games played with Pathfinders, and then we're going to talk about some battle cards. So. Uh, let's jump right in, shall we? All right, so if you listen to Fifth Trooper, our sister podcast, brother podcast, anyway, related podcast. Fellow podcast? Fellow podcast. I don't um, know. Uh, we have a storefront now, so uh, there are lots of things to buy. Buy lots of things. I mean, there's what, like eight things right now? Yeah, there's quite a few. There's like some dice trays. There's some apparel. The biggest thing I think is the mats, right? It's got to be the mats. Oh yeah, the the mats are awesome. There's these really sweet. They've got like um, uh, spaces on them where you can put your cards down to organize your your stuff. And I know that if anyone has uh, ever been across from me at a Legion table, I have terrible issues with organization. And so if you're like me and you need a little help, uh, this mat may be for you. Not to mention the artwork is beautiful. Like, let's just say that for a moment. Really, really nice mud mat. We got a nice crate mat as well. So salt, we've got salt some crystal salt planet. crystal planet. Yeah, salt crystal planet. Excuse me. <clears throat> Sorry, salt crystal. Um, no, uh, whoops. There is, yep. There is no. Uh, yeah. All right. Salt crystal mud map. Uh, there is also coming soon some other stuff, including possibly a beach style mat. So if anybody wants to storm the beach, you can do that. For your island getaway slash raid yep. on some facility somewhere. On a beach. Um, on a beach. Yep. It's like Normandy, but in Hawaii. Uh, okay. So, uh, yeah, check it out if you want to support the show and get some cool stuff. There, they, We have both, um, in addition to the mats and the dice trays, um, there's also, as uh, Mike mentioned, some apparel so you can get shirts for uh let's say either notorious scoundrels or fifth trooper um the dice trays are pretty sweet it's got our logo on them too i'm definitely gonna get one of those and i've already ordered a uh, salt crystal mat because my guys are 
painted with salt crystal bases. So I was super stoked about that. Um, all right. So that's announcement number one. Uh, we are also live streaming Adepticon. So that's both the last chance qualifier and high, high command. Um, it's going to be us commentating along with Jay from Fifth Trooper. And we're going to do it, uh, we're going to try and do it ESPN style. So we're going to have, you know, uh, cameras and a backdrop and everything. And live reads. If you want us to do a live read for, uh, for your business, contact Jay at, uh, what's your email, Jay? Jay's typing. I'm cut this five seconds of typing out. We need, we need like, uh, we need Let like me a out. Let me out of <laughs> here. All right. <laughs> All right, and cut back in. Uh, the fifth trooper podcast at gmail.com and I won't spell it out for you because that's pretty phonetic uh, <laughs> leaving that all in says Jay Jay if you're going to leave this in we need like we need like the cantina song or some kind of um, looking stuff up music alright Roger so in the future when we have awkward silence we'll just play the cantina song there you go I, I like this plan All right, you don't need to hear me singing Jeopardy poorly Yes, so if you would like to sponsor the live stream, contact Jay at the Fifth Trooper Podcast at gmail.com. Um, all right. You want to talk about Legion by the Bay there, David? Yes. So I am uh, living in the San Francisco Bay Area, and we're going to have a convention in May called KublaCon. Some of you are familiar with it, I'm sure, but it's the major. Uh, tabletop uh, convention out here in California in the San Francisco Bay Area. And so we're going to have a Legion tournament at this event. It's going to be a 32-player tournament. Um, so please come out and play and compete. Join our, our Star Wars Legion family. I'm part of organizing and playing in it, as well as a number of other people. Uh, Nima, who some of you may have met at LVO, is going to be uh, heavily involved in it as well. Um, so it's going to be on Saturday, May 25th, which is Memorial Day, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m., three-round tournament, and there's going to be a second day as well. Our top eight will go on to day two on the Sunday on the 26th, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. as well. Two-hour rounds, three rounds per day, 800-point standard. And uh, the total cost for the four-day convention badge, the tournament access, and all associated fees, $65, which is actually very competitive. You get access to the full convention, you get your tournament entry fee all paid for, just 65 out the door. And uh, you can sign up by uh, going to the KublaCon website and clicking on the tournaments filter. Uh, you can also just search for Legion by the Bay on Google. Um, yeah, so we're going to have about $800 in prizes. There's door prizes. We have raffle entry. We have uh, Legion by the Bay deployment zone markers uh, for those folks who may have missed the maximum firepower and want to get a really sweet-looking acrylic deployment zone marker you can pick those up and we're going to have some sponsorship from this podcast fifth trooper sword and board of ukiah and every little war uh, who also makes really cool terrain uh, every little war makes some awesome mdf terrain and nema actually designed some terrain for their ranges and so you know come out to our event and come see what it's all about and we'd love to see you out there there's also some uh opportunities for Free parking for carpools who are coming in from other parts of the bay. 
And uh, I think Daryl also offered a tour of where uh, Return of the Jedi was shot in Marin, California. You're actually going to be right in George Lucas' backyard because Skywalker Ranch is about 50 miles north of the convention site. So I thought it was on. Come on out. So, okay. I'm sorry. Did I ruin that for you? You did. You did. <laughs> sorry. Oh, damn. Okay. Well, anyway, if you uh, if you know how movies are made, <laughs> uh, come see that. And uh, it should be pretty amazing. So that's my little plug for Legion by the Bay. So look us up on Facebook, and we hope to see you there. Awesome. Um, I'm stoked. I will not be able to go, unfortunately. But Yes, but we're going to have, uh, I think Nick Freeman is going to come up too if you want to meet Nick again. And there's some folks from Arizona who are planning on coming out. So we're, uh, we're getting them in here. It's going to be a cool event. And so next housekeeping item is the Invader League Season 3 Terrain Contest. So they're doing a terrain contest. This is on Tabletop Simulator to see, uh, well, it's a map-making contest, to see who can make some awesome maps. And then they're going to use those maps in uh, Invader League Season 3. So there are prizes. First place is a $50 Dan Wolf Games gift card. Custom area terrain co-designed with Sean Morris of the Terrain Studio, and the win your map will be used for Invader League Season Three. Uh, second through fourth place are also gift cards to uh, Imperial Terrain, Corvus Games, and Danwolf Games. So um, there's also a separate category for most creative, and that's a $25 Danwolf Games gift card and a $25 Imperial Terrain gift card. And can I just say, if you are interested in this, uh, joining the Legion Discord, there are plenty of resources available. And Tyrion, the guy that made the the Legion mod for Tabletop Simulator, is the guy that um, is going to be your man to help you out learning how to make maps. It might seem daunting to make terrain, but it's actually really simple. And Tabletop Simulator has a suite of really good tools available for you to use in the creation of maps and it's all very very simple so please uh, feel free to join the legion discord and participate um it's really not that daunting so yeah it's uh it's pretty fun actually i've played around with it a little bit myself um you know the nice thing about at least making a map on tts is that the world is kind of your playground like you're not limited by your physical the stuff that you have physically so um, you know, there's lots of things on there that represent STL files and, and terrain that you may be familiar with also that's 3D printed from the real world. So check oh, and it out. really quickly, really quickly, if you are making a map, make sure, especially for competitive, they're going to be pretty strict about the 25% terrain rule. So they really want you to, to make sure it's 25% if you're submitting a map for competitive. Yep, and that is going to be like, other than look, you know, that's going to be the primary uh, judging criteria is that it's mechanically a good map to play on. So just keep that in mind. Yep. Um, last housekeeping item tomorrow, actually uh, today when this is released. So uh, that would be Tuesday, the 5th of March. There's going to be an FFG Legion stream with unreleased units, question mark. Um, not question mark. There will be units that are not released. Um, and those units will also be utilizing upgrades and things that have not been fully previewed yet. So, yeah, the uh, 
the preview article specified that at a very minimum we're going to see the new heavies. So yep, and um, and Luke actually came on the Discord today and asked people uh, what unreleased things do you want to see uh, us use in the on the in the game. So whether we get a preview article tomorrow or not, watch that uh, stream and do some zoom enhancing because there's going to be some stuff in there that that uh, we haven't seen yet. So. Also of interest, Alex and Luke are going to be playing each other. Oh right, yeah. Sorry, I forgot that. So that's the that's for me. That's actually the primary draw. I want to see them play each other. That's going to be pretty exciting. The duel. Yeah, I want to see the, the developers duel, play. <laughs> um, it is on a three by three, so it's not going to be like a full, you know, three hour long, eight hundred point shebang. Um, I don't, and I don't know what like if they're doing a specific scenario or anything either. But um, it should be awesome. It's at one o'clock Central Time. So um, it's possible that you're listening to this at the same time, in which case turn this off and go watch that and then come back to this podcast. <laughs> um, you guys got anything more housekeeping related, not related to Adepticon? Nope. I think I've said my piece. I think we're good. All right. So we got some Adepticon reminders. Reminder number one, there's, there's two really important reminders in here. Uh, so the first one is paint your guys. Um, Adepticon has a three color minimum, so you go, you got less than a month now. I know I'm uh, I'm gonna be nose to the grindstone myself just because uh, I've been slacking on my painting. So yeah, make sure you, you're getting that three color minimum in. Um, also, if you're in the last chance qualifier, your lists are due by the 19th, so you have to submit your list in advance on TTO uh, by the 19th. So that is completely different than every other maximum firepower qualifier so far. Uh, so make sure you get those lists in, in advance so you don't get in trouble. Yeah, so look up the event on tabletop.to and yep. submit your list there yep, by the hopefully, 19th. Hopefully you already signed up on there. Uh, if you're not and you're going to the LCQ, get on there and sign up. The link has been... Um, plugged on the Facebook page and also on the Discord. So uh, go to either of those places and find it. Um, that is just for the last chance qualifier, uh, not for high command. High command is going to be um, list due morning of like normal, mostly because, you know, there's 32 spots for high command and only 21 of them are filled. So obviously we can't get those 11 lists because we don't know who those people are yet. So um that's the other thing, by the way, is there will be, we know exactly now how many spots will be available at last chance qualifier. And that number is 11. So if you're, uh, so if you're playing in last chance qualifier, you got a pretty good shot. How many three and ones do you, do you think gold five? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I mean, so with 64 players, there will be, I think roughly 12, three and ones. So, and four, four and O's. So all the four and O's are going to make it. And then uh, about half of the three and ones roughly. So about I mean, seven think, or so. yeah. So think like, you know, top cut from LVO was 12 players. Basically it's going to be like everyone that makes the top cut gets an invite essentially without having. Yeah. To so you got a very strong chance of making it in. If you go through one and like lose your last game or second to last game. Yep. Um, also, just getting back to the list thing real quick, even though you do need to submit your, a copy of your list electronically by the 19th, the standard bring a physical copy 
factoring three physical copies uh, caveat also applies on the 19th because the judges will be essentially just making sure that that list is the same as the one that you submitted early um, and stamping it so that you can give it to your opponents. So Bring five just in case you lose one. Yeah, uh, there were definitely most of the delays uh, for signups, uh, not for signups, for check-in for LVO were people that didn't bring their list or they didn't bring the right format or whatever. Um, oh, man. So yeah <laughs> seems like, like seems crazy to go all the way to vegas and then forget that yeah so uh please don't forget that that you still have to bring a physical copy of your list and one of those copies has to have your command cards on it as well as your battle cards that you're selecting for your deck so yep that's all i got for housekeeping you guys want to hit rules updates yeah let's do it when you guys want to tackle that one uh, sure. So we got some we got some rules updates. I think the rules reference is now 1.3.0. I think that's the most current version. So we're just gonna we're just gonna hit some broad strokes. Um, so the overhang rules have changed. That's one of the largest changes. Overhang is now all right. I think the rule is now essentially as long as the model can balance, it's okay. And so that's a huge bonus for repulsor vehicles because I know there were some issues with repulsor vehicles not. Of being able to fit someplace without overhanging, and of course the uh, all ground vehicles like ATRTs with, with climbing, uh, that's also big. So now you can like have a tiny bit of the base hanging off the cliff, and if the majority of the base is still on, it's going to count. And I know this uh, is a good change because I have stuff at my store where I, my ATRT can totally stand on top of this, except there's like you know two centimeters of base hanging off on either side, and so before it couldn't do that and uh, I always thought that was kind of silly so I'm glad that rules change made it in this eliminates a lot of gray areas too like how does the 45 degree rule interact with the overhang rule um, the answer is basically as long as you know it, the model's stable and it's less than 45 degrees you're okay so it's a lot more flexible so feel free to balance those ATSTs on top of weird terrain because that's legal now <laughs> Yeah. well don't go too crazy you know, I have a question. I have a question how you'd rule this Orchimedes. Um, I saw a friend of mine uh, with their ATST. They were able to balance it because the the, the cabin, you know, the, the big part on top, the head of the thing, was actually uh -huh. leaning against a taller piece of terrain. Uh -huh. And so it was balancing because the actual model was leaning <laughs> on, on a, a high piece of terrain. And I thought that was kind of funny. And, like, I don't think that should be legal, but that's just another question. Yeah, like, I don't know. It, uh, hey, it, have... hey, it balances. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'd have to see it probably. Um, yeah, I know. It's, I also, yeah. yeah. There's an, actually another really funny um, similar instance that I heard of where they were playing with one of those uh, U-wings. And I don't know if it was, you know, like the standard hard plastic one. It, it sounds like it was like a soft plastic U-wing because... Um, you know, Vader like moved up to the side of it and there was an enemy unit balancing on the wing and he force pushed the unit out to the edge of the wing and uh, it essentially bent the wing down like towards the table. <laughs> Whoa. So, such that, um, you know, before the wing was not below Vader's head, but after uh, <laughs> he force pushed the model onto the tip of it, it bent down and it was now below Vader's head so he could you could go up there without having to climb. <laughs> That's wow. So I, yeah, I, don't, I can't even. <laughs> I that seems questionable. 
yeah I, yeah I, I mean you know terrain shouldn't be malleable is the uh i think it's the short answer yeah. yeah big lesson i mean that one seems like a like way more gray than the atsd example yeah I, I the atsd one i think the answer is yes it does balance yeah i think technically you know raw like it's stable right yep um so it doesn't matter what you had to lean on to balance it's balancing yeah, like, yeah the, the the bendy wing thing i'm not so sure about that one um all right we got some compulsory move changes too right Yes, I actually don't know all of the changes to compulsory moves, except that now you can choose to... It's like it's back to the old way that it was, where you can bump back along the the template now, as opposed to having to crash when yeah, you couldn't so, land at the end of your compulsory move. Yeah, so basically during your compulsory move, you can, um, you can adjust your move backwards along the template as long as it's... If you're going to hit something, as long as it is less than half the width of the base. I hate this change. Uh, why is that? I just tell us it, more. Like, like it's 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 a compulsory move. The idea is that the vehicle is moving at a certain rate of speed. You shouldn't get to change that. I detest it. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, it's an abstraction, right? Like, you have things like speeder bikes and T forty sevens that are flying literally above the battlefield, and you know, potentially they're in a position where they're taking damage because of things like barricades. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I just like, I I understand I the, what they're doing. I, see, I just like mechanically, yeah. I th I think it should have remained the way it was. But I I understand why they changed it. It's good. It, like it is a good change for like feel good rules. I just I don't know. I liked it the way it was before. It it was more interesting to me before. Yeah, I mean, you definitely had more possibility of things crashing. Yeah, and I like that. T forty seven, be damned! I whatever. <laughs> well, it was the T forty seven this rule affected the most, right? Because the base was the largest yeah, yeah. out of all the repulsors. Yeah, speed, speeder bikes don't usually have as much trouble no. uh, weaving through terrain as the T forty seven does. Um, yeah, we end up with weird rule situations where it's like there's a barricade, and my T forty seven, you know, can't balance on it, therefore it crashed into this barricade that's like a good 40 feet below where it's actually flying right you know it's a little it's a little funny but that's just that's just the nature of the beast right ultimately these are aerial vehicles supported by a terrestrial base right? yeah i mean i don't know i just like for instance um like x-wing also played in a 2d plane right essentially and mm -hmm. like it's, it's not like the asteroids are you know like it, it's kind of got the same premise going on right like yes the barricade is clearly only on the ground but the asteroid is clearly only one place in space but like if you if you drive over it you there is a penalty i don't know yep i, I think it's just a an abstraction and a usability change yeah how do you represent how do you represent three-dimensional space where there's no up or down on a 2d plane and also like sort of the nature of what Legion calls compulsory moves, but really is more like planning ahead and moving is, is much more a significant part of X-Wing and strategy and tactics in X-Wing than it is in Legion. That's, that's At least fair. as it relates I mean, to repulsor vehicles. You know? I wish I wish people thought about it more, I guess is all I'm saying. Um, and I think that this yeah. just makes it so that you can kind of think about it less. And 
I still don't think you're taking speeder. You know, this doesn't make speeders yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they got bigger problems than not being able to fit places. Yeah, totally. Um, they got they got this problem called being 175 points that dies to a stiff breeze. Yep. I, I don't even think that the. I mean, this is we can go down the rabbit hole, but uh, you know, I think it just needs but, more offense than defense, frankly. Yeah, it's not even a glass cannon because it's not a cannon; it's just glass. Yeah, it's a <laughs> it's a glass it's a glass uh, Fisher Price hammer is yeah. what it is. <laughs> but we won't we we could talk about the speeder for like an entire episode. So, and in fact, we have yeah. somewhat previously. We actually did somewhere. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, the next bullet point here: there's a a change to the language of limited visibility, a long-awaited change for the better. Uh, this is awesome. The fact that. Essentially, it's just limiting the range of your units can shoot. I'm gonna be honest. The first like 15 games of Legion I played had limited vis, and I was doing this completely wrong. Which is now completely right. Yeah, which is great. It just like yeah, it was a real feel bad the first time. Um, somebody was like, "Hey, your guys actually can't shoot," and I was like, well, "What the hell do you mean?" And they're like, "Well, the line of sight is blocked on like half your guys." And like it was just like as simple as cohering them up, you know, to where my unit leader was. But uh... yeah, it was a. This is definitely a sense, very sensible change because, you know, I think everybody at least initially just kind of assumed that it was supposed to be the way that it now is currently after it's been errated, which is just, you know, first turn your attacks are limited to range two, second turn they're limited to range three. Um, yeah, the 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 previous like technical wording created all sorts of weird scenarios since line of sight is many to many, but range is almost always, you know, unit leader to target for attacks. It, it creates some it was, weird things where you can like terrain scope models that are where the whole unit is like out in the open and right. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. just like, uh, right. And like, do I have a cover because half the units in, in quote unquote, the fog, right. you know, uh, I mean, I don't. Yeah, there were so many bizarre situations. It's this is this is a huge quality of life change, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah it just makes things really easy to understand and straightforward. Yep. And that's a super positive thing. I I think this is just like now that I mean I've been playing it the right way, which is now the wrong way for a while now. I think this is just really good for people that are coming into the game and, and learning. Agreed. It, yep. It's it's not immediately evident by reading the original limited viz card that this wasn't how it was supposed to work yeah anytime like when you're playing with someone new and you have to spend five minutes explaining something to them that's not a good rule or it's not it's not a good interaction um all right all right so, last but not least friendly miniatures from different units can be in base contact with one another interesting so now you can be in melee with yourself no just kidding of course not um but that's the rules change, and so that actually is very positive for uh, using vehicles as mobile cover. That's the biggest and best uh, aspect of this change. I feel is that now you can uh, now you don't have to give your opponents cover because your ATRT is in front of you, or your big treaded tank. Yeah, so tre oh, yeah. treaded vehicles are heavy <laughs> cover. Um, I'm I'm really curious slash nervous to see how this. I mean, obviously the tank's not out yet, but when you have a ginormous vehicle that you can move around in front of your guys and give them heavy cover while denying heavy cover to your enemy, that seems pretty good. 
I mean, uh, it, so does, okay, riddle me this, okay? <laughs> riddle me this. All right, so if I got like a giant, if I got the cubes on the back or whatever those those uh, kyber crystal transporter things, if they're in the if they're in the bed of the let's call it the bed of the truck for lack of a better sure. word, um, does that does that mean that my stormtroopers can't see over those? Is that a thing that happens? I mean, I like I. I, I haven't used the models, so I don't know the answer. Yeah, question. I haven't exactly. I, I would let's just my, hypothetically, yeah, yeah. hypothetically, if it's tall enough to actually block the line of sight, it, then it blocks. The line would of it sight. actually? In in my opinion, well, okay. like, like in the same way that like, um, it, like Sabine's arm arm poses, like regardless of which arm pose you use, if you can see her arm, you can shoot her, right? So right, right. So like, the, if you if you have added things that are legal to add on to the tank model to the tank model they definitely provide cover and block line of sight well okay so um that's not actually true really uh yeah there's a specific provision basically that says vehicles cannot obscure fully obscure um other minis and i'm trying that's interesting but um so they're effectively like area terrain except they're like invisible so, so if you're if you're if you're looking through them, it's still the type of cover that they provide. So so time out. Um, so this is a, I'm I'm learning right now because this is a rule that really yeah, hasn't come me, up with ATSGs and ATRTs because clearly well, you can uh, see through uh, the legs. But it seems uh, to me that if your unit was completely like you like you can't see them behind the vehicle, you couldn't shoot at them. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find the citation because there it. Um, I was reading this the other day, and it essentially specifically says that. Um, yeah, so that's so that's interesting. So if I so while you do that, like I mean, I can continue to further speculate here. So if I if I'm shooting through this thing, and it doesn't block line of sight, that's kind of interesting, right? So that means I would have to like to determine what line of sight my miniatures actually have. Would I would I then need to mark the tank's location on the board and then pick it up? to then determine what line of sight my miniatures actually have if the tank isn't blocking anything. That seems a little bit funny to me. I, uh, I'm going to reserve judgment on this until we have the actual same in front of us. Cause... Same. Yeah, I don't want to... I'm, I'm going to uh, stoke uh, some fires here by, t- by side talking like that. Yeah, well, <laughs> let me let me find the citation for next time, and then we'll we'll talk about it again. Yeah, yeah. So, I so... I can't find it at the moment, so... Jury's out. Jury's out. So... <laughs> Don't 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 uh, go grabbing your pitchforks watch, just watch. yet. Watch, Kyle just made this up to produce conversation or something. <laughs> no, I, I think fake, I, fake news. I, no, never mind. I totally did make it up. Um, cool. Last, last last bullet under vehicles. Vehicles can block line of sight. So boom. Hey. All Hashtag right. called it. Okay. Phew. Oh, phew. Man, I have okay. no idea where I read that. All okay. right. So going back to my original point, if you were to yeah. add the crates to the tank. In my opinion, um, they would totally block line of sight. If they block line of sight, like they block line of sight, they're part of the tank. Yep. What you're saying is don't put a giant Palpatine dome on top because. <laughs> well, I think. Or do. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Like, I mean, there's modeling for an advantage, right? And then there's like modeling for advantage within the rules in this circumstance like it might be wrong to put the the blocks on there it might be right to put them on there i don't i don't know um clearly it goes both ways but um 
I don't know how much line of sight blocking that those crates actually do. I don't have Well, we'll just have to wait and see. We until we get the physical model, we won't know. Yep. Hmm. All right, All right. So we should move on now to the Pathfinder games that we've played. <laughs> yeah. Do you? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Mike. Mike is cackling. Uh, yeah. Mike is cackling because of what's in the show notes. <laughs> David, do you want to start first, or do you? Want oh to God. Off? Okay. So, <laughs> um. I have played six games with Pathfinders and I have lost all six games. Um, just, get out. And it's just not, get out. but it's not, but, no, I'm going to, I'm going to caveat this. Okay. It's not the fault of the unit. It's actually not the Pathfinders that are causing the losses. Did I you think lose your first ga- it's, six games with Luke Skywalker. I don't know. I don't think I did. <laughs> I don't think I did. I actually, it's, I'm like a baby. I don't have a memory of that time of my Legion life, <laughs> like, or that, or that, or they're just so traumatic. I've blocked them out. Okay. All right, all right. Continue. Um, w- w- take your take your pick. Whatever whatever storyline appeals to you the most. Um. So, yeah. So I'm 06, and I I wasn't too hot on infiltrate, and I've I've used infiltrate, and I'm sort of like basically it's like okay, I think this would be really good, and then my opponent sees that they're vulnerable and then he puts the unit down there to fill the gap. And I'm like, oh, drat, I should have infiltrated that turn questions. or something like many that. Questions. Yeah, of course. First, first please, one, please. Have you played the same configuration all six times? Okay. No, I've been trying different ones. What is the configuration you've tried the most? Uh, Bistan uplink. Bistan uplink. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, how have you been like paying us a, picture of exactly what happened in like the average game uh the general gist the first couple times my opponent was very aware of their presence and made a point to just destroy them anytime you can see them i I guess my question is did they infiltrate at range like just outside range three did they recon intel into range or or just outside range oh so recon intel mainly mainly Mainly, it was just infiltrating. It was just infiltrating a little bit, a little bit outside range four of my opponent just to get the range four shots okay. going. And that might have been a, a reason I had an issue with them is because that that sort of necessitated them to be a little bit exposed. Okay. But I mean, it's tough because your opponent, you know, sometimes the terrain doesn't give you what you need to make a good infiltrate play. Yeah. And sometimes the deployment zone, like the way the battle cards work, it falls out. It's like, oh, I don't have a chance to make a good infiltrate play. You know, like, what are you going to do with uh, Peo against double Wookiees? Like, you're not going to have a whole lot of play there infiltrating. You're just walking right into the Wookiees or, you know, something like that. So, I mean, I had some I had some bad matchups. I had some mental errors, you know, but that's just me learning how to play the unit. I don't think it's, you know, symptomatic that the unit is bad. Somehow, I think the unit's fine. I just, maybe they just don't jive with me. You know, maybe I'm just not a Pathfinder player. Who knows? Sure. That's where I'm at. What do you think? They definitely, yeah, yeah. So um, I think they are definitely a playstyle thing. Like they have to fit your playstyle. They're in, they're a niche unit for sure. Um, so I have played six games with them. Um, I'm three and three in said games. In so the first two games, I was running jank. Basically, I was running some version of spicy chicken combo, and I was kind of trying to just like you know, 
fit a square peg into a round hole by putting the pathfinders in that list and it was just like jank squared you know it was it was a janky list with additional jank and it was it was just not good sure <laughs> um mm-hmm. so those two games actually were against lj and uh in both games he just like roasted my pathfinders jankception yeah um yeah <laughs> So in my last four games, I just slotted them into my normal Wonder Twins list with instead of Wookies. So that would be Luke, Leia, four Z6s, Fleets, two Snipers, and then the Pathfinders. And the build that I've been using in that for the Pathfinders is POW, Uplink, Duck and Cover, uh, Reconfigure, and Recon Intel. And that adds up to 116 points. So that's two more points than a tricked-out Wookie squad. Um... And those four games I've actually done, even though, so I went three and one in those four games. The one I lost had nothing to do with the Pathfinders. I actually was a little bit of a victim of my success with the Pathfinders, and I got reckless with Luke, and that's why I lost. So um, the first game, uh, the first two games I played at Huzzah, uh, and this is super rare for me to get four games in in a week, so I'm super grateful for that. Um, but I got two games in at Huzzah. Uh, the first was against a guy named Chris, super nice guy. He was also kind of new to Legion. Um, and he did not have his uh, his soft infiltrate counters built into his list. Um, so we talked last week about, like, you, you need... It's not a very high bar. Like, it could be as simple as buying recon intel on a, on a snowtrooper unit or on, on Luke or on a Wookiee unit, uh, you know, for two points and calling it a day. Um, but you need to at least have some kind of... Even if it's a cheap answer you need to have some kind of answer to infiltrate um and he hadn't you know like i said he was newer so he hadn't built that into his list so um (laughs) i actually recover was in the third slot and i'm like well i have to see if this works sorry dude (laughs) (laughs) so so i forced recover and it worked um i dropped the pathfinders on the box they ran away with the box and that was pretty much it so uh you know it was like the dream scenario for pathfinders um and i you definitely cannot count on that happening uh, most of the time. Oh yeah, can I mention that all six of these losses with Pathfinders, not once was I able to force recover? Yeah, I mean, it, I, just, I it think, just never happened for me. I do think, generally speaking, recover is a little bit of a trap. Like, you really have to look at your opponent's list and be like, okay, you know, do they have recon intel? Do they have given to your anger? Do they have Boba Fett? Um, the answer to one of those questions is probably yes. And if the answer is yes, then you don't want to try a box grab. But uh, if it's not yes, then you can try a box grab. And um, at least when I did it, it worked. So so that was good. They did exactly what they're, you know, advertised. Uh, second game was a, was against the illustrious Matt Dunn, and he was also running uh, Pathfinders. He was running Jin and Pathfinders. Um, it was a really bizarre game. It was on one of his awesome uh, city tables, which was fairly dense, uh, and we played Disarray. Hmm. Um, so it's like really, a paradise. For, yeah, for it was. So, yeah. yeah, so um, Disarray is great for Pathfinders, just in general, which I'll get to in game number three. But um, essentially, I was able to set up my Pathfinders in, uh, like, he had some Rebel Troopers in one of his other deployment zones, and I just set the Pathfinders up, like, at a cross angle, so the Rebel Troopers were out of cover. Um, and I, I killed four Rebel Troopers on the first turn with one volley. So, um, Were you also um, running Bistan or were you running POW? Oh, no, this was the same thing. So POW, uh, all four of these games was the same. Uh, POW, Duck and Cover, Link, etc. With Uplink, yeah. 
Um, so yeah, essentially you, what you do in a, if you're doing, going for like an alpha strike with pathfinders is I run Leia. So I play coordinated bombardment and then I uplink the paths so that they and Leia both have orders and then you can immediately activate the pathfinders. So that worked out pretty well. Um, I ended up winning that game kind of by the skin of my teeth. Um, I made, uh, <laughs> I also made a reckless Luke play in this game. Um, I put him, uh, it was one of those like Imperial terrain walls which is just short enough such that Luke's lightsaber sticks up over the top of it. Um, oh, <laughs> so I was running, I was running Luke along the other side from his army of that wall. Uh, and of course I, I didn't, you know, rookie mistake. I didn't actually like get down at surface level and look. And of course his lightsaber was uh, sticking up over the top of it. So he lit up Luke from the other side of that wall. Um, and Luke survived with like one health to subsequently kill an RT and Jin. Um, so, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> That was definitely a skin of my teeth situation. Um, but the Pathfinders did well on that one. They, you know, they got, they had their good alpha strike. So, um, and then my last two games were on Saturday at, against Comrade Artie Dump from, um, from the Discord. Um, the first game I forced uh, Disarray against Palpatine. He was playing Palp. And basically the short version is I killed five sniper minis on the first turn. Um, Jeez. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Dis, yeah, Disarray is really good for Pathfinders. Um, so can you qualify that with how the snipers died? What happened? Yeah, so... Yeah, I want to know. So he put um, so he put one of his snipers in his far deployment. So obviously Disarray is a bad setup in general for Palpatine because you only have the one commander. And generally speaking, you want as much stuff near Palpatine as possible. Not to mention he's so far away from everything and slow as balls. Right. So um, we ended up on evaporators. He put two of his vaps near his, like one of his deployment zones. So I kind of figured that's where he was going to drop most of his stuff. So I put one of my vaps like in the far deployment zone and then another one kind of in the middle. Um, and he dropped most of his stuff near Palpatine in that one deployment zone. And then he had to put something in that other one. So he put, you know, a sniper strike team over on that side, what he thought was out of line of sight. Um, so I dropped my Pathfinders last and I dropped them basically right next to that sniper strike team and they just ate him <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, if you use uh, recon intel with him you know obviously you're restricted from dropping range three away from something um, but if you're using recon intel you can drop them and then you can do your recon intel move such that you're within range three of your target uh, after you drop them so you know you have to be careful that when you do that that you're not gonna you know your pathfinders aren't gonna get like subsequently killed by something else immediately, which is very possible if you're not going after an isolated target. But in this case, they were able to go after an isolated target. Um, so then I also got like a, you know, since it's disarray, I put Leia kind of in the other deployment zone at a cross angle to his forces. And I was able to take out um, another sniper unit with coordinated bombardment. And it was just the one model, at least with coordinated bombardment. And then, uh, the last one was actually a double jump with Luke, and I force pulled them out into the open around a corner, and then some rebel troopers took them out. So nice. Um, so yeah, I killed. So that game uh, kind of snowballed from there. Um, the second game, uh, also against Comrade Ardi Dem, um, <laughs> it was he was playing as Veers Welberless, so he's he was for serious this time. Um, <laughs> And uh, I, the same thing happened. I killed five sniper minis on the first turn, and it, this was a, a totally different setup. Essentially, 
um, he had three sniper teams and uh, he set them up such that, you know, as most people do with like one mini in, you know, behind cover corner peeking, right? Um, such that Leia could only get a shot on, on one of the minis for each sniper team. But I then did like a cross angle with the Pathfinder such that they could see the other mini from the sniper teams. Um, so I did the same thing with Uplink and actually split fire with the Pathfinders to take out uh, two sniper minis, the ones that Leia couldn't see. And then Leia did coordinated bombardment and she took out the other two. So um, coordinated bombardment wasn't good enough. I know, right? Um, now, <laughs> I should caveat that they did then get Bubba rocketed and four of the models died, although Pao himself survived rather late into the game. Um, right, so they traded in that instance. They traded, yeah. Now, um, I still lost that game because Comrade, uh, you know, uh, picked himself up from that first turn bombard and uh, played a very solid game, and I was kind of reckless with Luke, and Luke got whipcorded and then uh, cut down in the open. And that was pretty much it. So um, I ultimately lost that game. So good comeback, comrade. Uh, but as far as the Pathfinders are concerned, you know, it wasn't it definitely wasn't their fault that I lost that game. I think they did their job. So um, those are all kind of splashy examples of Pathfinder use. But I also think that uh, they're very good. Like if your opponent doesn't, you know, give you any openings like that. Um, I think they can also be good just running as like a super rebel trooper squad. Um, did it either of you guys run Pathfinders alongside Chewie? I did not. I did not, but I have. I played against someone who did, and it was Chewie alongside Bistan, and that seemed like a really good way to play them. Just Bistan long range config camp in the back, and if they ever get targeted, Chewie just pulls pulls a hits off them like don't even bother with infiltrate when you run it like that it's just like the budget the most budget bistan build you can make which is i think like 116 or 106 points because it doesn't even take an uplink or anything like that um doesn't even doesn't even use infiltrate it's literally just for the exhaust weapon in the range four and i mean that that style i think only works when you actually roll well because i think the average hits is pretty low so you're basically just relying on the the six shots that unit gets over the course of the game. You're relying on at least one of those shots being really good. And for my opponent, he had two of those shots. And the kid one shot from range four, which was eight hits. And then another shot, which was six hits off of Bistan. And that was just, he was just like blowing up trooper squads right and left. And I couldn't, I couldn't ultimately hold out against that kind of firepower because he was doing the thing where he, he was doing like a, a rebel elites kind of list, like a low activation, but it was like Han Chewie, Bistan, two Wookies, and some other things. And uh, it was, uh, it was an interesting list. I eventually lost because my dice just wouldn't, wouldn't cooperate. My decisions weren't terrible. I just couldn't, I couldn't damage anything. I had like three rebel trooper squads in a row, roll zero hits. Feels bad, man. <laughs> You couldn't repel firepower of that magnitude? I could not repel firepower or melee of that magnitude because I was I was running Peo. Or Pow, sorry. Gosh, I did it again. Peo! Every time I do it, I take a drink. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so I just, I don't, I just don't think that your standard Wonder Twins repels double Wookiees with, you know, the kind of wound shunting that 
reckless diversion Chewbacca can make, especially if they're rolling crazy hot on top of everything. But uh, yeah, it was good. He got everything he wanted to deploying wise. It was like battle lines intercept. It was kind of terrible. Yeah, I could see that working. Um, I haven't tried Biston myself just because I had sort of on principle like hate recover weapons. And I, I think if I were going to take a firepower unit like that, especially alongside 2E, I'd probably just rather take commandos. But obviously, uh, Pathfinders have that range four, which is nice. So I Yeah, don't know. for sure. It'd be interesting to try. Uh, I, I sort of feel the opposite on that. No, I don't play Rebels, but um, I feel like the Pathfinders just pack so much more firepower, even through cover. Uh, they don't for well. I guess if you're taking the budget best hand build, you know it's what uh, 100 points, 106 points. Yeah, 100 so, points, 106 with I mean, config. Don't get me yeah, wrong, it's and certainly then, more expensive than commandos in that regard. Um, but I don't know. Yeah, I mean it's only I mean commandos are 88, so it's only 14 more points. I think I would prefer to have the the range four option though, you know. Um, and by f by 14, I mean 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, a big trouble in that game specifically was that the melee units just got in right away, and I had nothing that could really handle it other than Luke. And that's just my own list construction issues. But you're not going to... A lot of people don't run melee skew. It's definitely not something you see very often. Yeah, I, um, I'm still not sold on taking them over over Wookiees in that same slot. Uh, Wookiees are... I mean, they're, they're two completely different different tools, I guess, right? Yeah, I mean, one, but the thing is, like, you've already got good shooting, you know, with even without Pathfinders, you still have really good shooting with between snipers, 4Z6s, and fleets. So, I mean, I think the best argument for Wookiees is you have a second melee yeah, threat. Yeah, they fill a role that you don't really have outside Luke. That's, yeah. that's for sure. Um, yep. They do, and I think, do pretty much any decent shooting, though. Yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not recommending one people. over the other either. Like, but again, it's it's worth it's worth for the audience to hear that that we're at least not sold on is one better than the other. You know, we're not sold yet on whether to take one or the other, depending on what we're facing. I mean, obviously, if things shifted and you know things that were very good against Wookies, you know, became very common. That is like armor, which it might after you know after the occupier comes out. You know, when we might shift, we'd have a different perspective on the issue. But for right now, because troopers are are it, kind of, you know, Wookiees seem to be a really good idea. You know? Yeah, I think I'm probably going to end up there still eventually. But I, I, I do need to get the Pathfinders out of my system and get a good feel for them. So. Yeah, same here. And I mean, if nothing else, you're learning how they play. And so if you ever face them, you're like, well, I know what they can do. You know, I know what they can't do, more specifically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know what well, they can't do. I don't know how to how to you know bury them, basically. <sighs> yeah. So I guess early returns are mixed. Is the you know the short version of all that. Yeah. Yeah. That's the the too long didn't rebel version. Have fun with your infiltrate toys, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Mine mine aren't coming until my uh, my death troopers show up. So, you know. They're all pre-ordered together. Oh, your your pathfinders yeah. are pre-ordered with your yeah. yeah. I don't. I'm not going to play them for any time in the foreseeable future. So it was kind of like whatever. I got free shipping out of the deal. So there you go. Um, do you guys want to quickly hit 
uh, battle cards from Elvia. Yeah, let's uh, let's talk about let's talk about these battle cards real quick as our last little segment here before we sign off. Um, and this can be super fast because um, you know we could spend like a whole episode, and maybe we should on turn zero generally, and on which cards you should cut um, from your deck. But um, you can so you can find the data that we're going to talk about. You can find on uh, Never Tell Me the Odds, which is swlegionodds.com. Um, LVO data article part one. It's got essentially a breakdown of a lot of different things, but including what we're about to talk about, which is, you know, which uh, which battle cards, which objective deployment and condition were played, and then how often they were cut, and by which faction. So, if you want to see like all the nitty gritty, you can check out that article. Um, so the least popular objective was breakthrough. Uh, only played sixteen times, I think. I feel like people are uncomfortable with that objective. Um, it's one of my reason. favorites. Yeah, I like I it, love actually. breakthrough. Well, so, yeah. I have a lot to say about this. Uh, not a lot, but enough. Um, so, it, it was pretty <laughs> clear. So, for instance, in my first game at LVO, breakthrough was in the third spot. My opponent banned the thing in the first spot, and it was whatever it was whatever he banned, which I think it might have been recover, intercept, and then breakthrough. It was clear that our game was not going to go to f- turn five, probably. Which may I think makes breakthrough a lot worse. Yeah, I agree. Because um, it's essentially like if one if if one person can get one unit into the deployment zone on turn four, then that's usually a win for them, basically. Yeah. So I think that um, specifically in a low time frame tournament format like LVO was, um, the breakthrough numbers might be skewed more than they normally would be. Yep, that's a very good point. N- not to take away from the data, but like, no, nope. uh, no, I agree, um, and that's a that's a caveat for all this, right? Is this is specific to LVO and the conditions at LVO? So yeah, um, key positions was the most popularly played objective by a fairly wide margin. Um, it's played 37 times. It's kind of interesting. I guess it's, you know, now it's the least objectionable objective. It's, it's a pretty fair... It's kind of how I read it's that. It's pretty fair now. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, it's also not... Um, what do you say? It's not time-sensitive like Intercept yeah. is. So you have you have the full game length to get the objective done. You don't have to be a, be in a place by a certain round. Yep. So that's kind of nice if you like laying back a little bit. That's actually a pretty good good one for you. Um, I also tracked Empire and Rebel wins in cross faction matchups, so non mirror matches for each of these. Um, and they were pretty. So small sample size caveat totally applies here. Um, they were pretty even mostly. Recover was uh, two to one in favor of Empire, which actually doesn't surprise me because Boba Fett. Gee, I wonder who makes that possible. <laughs> <laughs> A certain Mandalorian. Um, but other than that one, uh, they were all pretty even. Um, actually, Breakthrough was similar, although that was only a five-game sample. So one Rebel win, four Empire wins on Breakthrough in cross-faction matchups. So probably for the same reason. Yeah, I mean, but was also very excellent if you have enough time to get him over there. Yep. Uh, deployments. Uh, most popular deployment was Major Offensive. 
which incidentally also nobody cut from their deck. <laughs> Not a single <laughs> person. So I guess that's the uh, you know that's the everyman deployment, and nobody hates major offensive. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the diagonal deployment essentially. Yeah. It's the legion's equivalent of a diagonal deployment. Right. Yeah. Um, the least popular deployment by a long shot was disarray, which was only played one time. In the entirety of LVO, that's 125 games. Disarray was played one time. So I would like to caveat this once again in that uh, I think that people are less apt to play Disarray on tournament-esque tables that you can't get around the sides of. Um, that That's definitely true. I mean, the, the question is... Yeah, go for it. No, that, that's definitely true from a convenience perspective. But if you're in an important tournament and your army favors disarray, you know, like, personally, I think you should be willing to walk around the table if you have to to do that setup. No doubt. Um, I So, for instance, yeah, you're, you're totally right. It's just like, again, we're talking about a time-sensitive format where if you have to walk around the table every single time you want to check line of sight or move model... Uh, you know, that's a significant yeah. attack on. Yeah, I totally get it. Um, and I think, too, like, people are generally uncomfortable with disarray. Oh, for sure. It, it's... Um, it's also, we'll, we'll get to it later, but it was also the most cut uh, objective by Empire players. Um, because Empire players are typically just running one commander. In fact, like, almost every single Empire list just had one commander. So, it, unless it was in the force you know the the last slot and it was forced by a rebel player in a cross-faction matchup it probably didn't even get played for that reason also empire wins zero <laughs> it just oh. feels so good looking at that statistic <laughs> yeah i mean it's only one game <laughs> but i know but still still just warms my heart <laughs> yep um uh, anyway so disarray is one of those things I, I feel like we just talked about i feel like it favors pathfinders I feel like it favors dual commander lists in general, which means, generally speaking, it's going to be favoring rebels. Um, I think if you're a rebel player, you should have disarray in your deck, and you should practice on disarray. Can Can I just say that that um, it's actually pretty? It's actually not bad for Bobavirs, especially if you have Bobavirs with numerous officers. Like it's it's not so bad. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Just one side of the board becomes the two courage club. You know what I mean? And then the other side is Veeries and whatever is whatever isn't too courage, generally speaking. Yeah, that's definitely true. I mean, you have some order handing out issues potentially still because Bobo oh, can yeah. only give orders to himself, and essentially you can't give orders to one side of the table. Yeah, so um, you just rely on improv to muddle through. Right. In that in that case. But Veeries Boba is definitely, if you have the right build, you know, more capable on disarray than other empire lists. Um, and actually, uh, Garn. Uh, Notorious Veers Boba player from uh, Invader League. Uh, he's he loves this array. Oh yeah. So he also plays. Um, um, what is it? The the leaders in in DLT squads, which makes it a lot a lot yep. better. Yeah. Right. Officer sure. DLTs. Yep. Also, a uh, Nikki Myland, a speeder bike player from Invader League and from uh, the Team League. Uh, he shelved his bikes for the last round of uh, Team League, but he's a huge fan of Disarray as well. Yep, Disarray is good with bikes. So, although bikes are not really a thing right now. but Get your get your long-range comm links out, because that's, uh, that's what you want. It's good. Yep. Um, so, just going back, there was only one Empire list that had two commanders in it. 
Wow. Out of 34. So was it a, I mean, it was an officer, yeah, wasn't it? It was, it was Vader and a generic officer. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. So, uh, yeah. I mean, what do you like, what are you going to take if you're taking two commanders with empire? Like Palpatine Vader. <laughs> I, Someone I had to say it. A, a Veer's generic officer list. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I I actually played against a Palp Boba that was competent the other day. It was Palp really Boba fun. Was a lot better than I so. think a lot of people give it credit for. Um, oh yeah, oh yeah. I agree. Boba yep. pull the strings is dope. It is. It's good. Especially on the flamer turn, uh, <laughs> double move, pull the strings, whoosh, you know, just murder something. All right. So conditions. Um, most popular was clear conditions. I think this is the same takeaway as major offensive, least objectionable. Uh, I don't know if there's much to take away from the conditions. There's not a huge like Empire Rebel skew in any of these. No, and I mean, even the like least played condition, like I don't know, hostile environment, minefield. That's normal. I mean, nothing. Nothing yeah. seems like it's crazy weird here yep i agree all right so let's talk about cut cards real quick uh so the most most people cut sabotage um 29 players cut sabotage i gotta say and i think i talked to you about this on the plane back i think that is objectively wrong i know people hate this objective but i I don't understand why people are. It's cutting really it. good. Like, it's, it's yeah. Really, I don't understand. It's really good for blue player. Yeah, it, which means that which means that you know you should always have it because if you're using your deck, then you're blue right. player. It's like you you just have the advantage. You get to sit back on it. I don't understand why anybody is cutting sabotage. And maybe maybe some some wizard out there will enlighten me. But um, thus far, no one has given me a good argument as to why you should cut sabotage out of your deck yeah it's a little this so th- this particular these stats are the most perplexing to me so because the most cut one was sabotage which as you said i don't think anybody should be cutting um the second most one cut was breakthrough which i think favors a lot of lists that people like it favors boba fett you know it favors luke um so i don't really get that one either so favors blue like, and, like in just in the sense that you don't have to attack if you don't want um, to. I went into this tournament right. and I would have assumed that the two cards that have should should have been cut the most were recover and intercept the transmissions. Hands yep. down. Yep. Um, I cut intercepts. I, I, and and yeah. those were yeah, I cut recover personally. Um, like if, if you're playing rebels, you probably ban recover because you don't have boba if you're playing empire you're probably banning intercept unless you're playing like vader pelp but uh, i don't know yeah and so actually uh that was the one other intercept was the other uh objective that had a little bit of a skew in cross faction mashups it was two to one rebels so um yeah i think i think generally speaking those are good guidelines rebels cut recover Imperials cut intercept unless you're playing Palpatine. Clearly, the cut recover caveat. Um, if you if you're playing Pathfinders or Jin, might not be uh, totally relevant yep. anymore. Applicable anymore? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it may not be applicable at all. 
Yeah, I think I think I think the new guidance there is unless you have Boba Fett or an infiltrate unit, yeah. you can't recover. Um, so that was kind of interesting. Um, as far as deployment, disarray was most cut. And this is this is the Empire biggest. cut twenty. I yeah. love it. Yeah, so this is the the largest by far, the largest faction split as far as cut is concerned. Rebels cut disarray four times. Empire players cut disarray twenty times. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's so. so much better for you when you have two commanders and your opponent has one. You know, it's just like yep, absolutely that's, that's all there is to it. You know, and the, mm-hmm. and, and I think. I think too. I talked about this with Comrade on Saturday. Um, I think like if you're running Palpatine, you know the, the conventional wisdom is long march is bad for Palpatine invader. First of all, I don't think that's true. But second of all, I think disarray is much worse. Um, so I think I think you generally speaking, if you're an Empire player, you want to cut disarray, it, even even if you think long march is bad because you have a slow commander. Yeah, and also like what happens if you stack one deployment zone, you end up surrounded. You have no like almost no presence in the middle of the board at all. Right. Yeah, and that's kind of what happened in our first game. Is you know like normally with disarray, you can potentially get two angles on yeah. your opponent if you have two commanders. With pathfinders, you can get three. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, major offensive was cut zero times. It was the nobody cut major offensive. So I, I, I think I played major offensive like three out of four games. <laughs> yeah, it's it's yeah, it's like the the quote standard you know least objectionable deployment. So I think out of my five, I played it twice. Yeah, twice, and then the others were all long march because I like to long march as rebels because I was running trip snipers. So, um, yeah, for conditions, limited viz was cut the most twenty four times. Not surprising. Nope. Maximum firepower, snipers, coordinated bombardment, all about limited vis. So that's sort of another like interesting like if you're playing either Veers Bobo snipers or Wonder Twins snipers, you probably hate limited vis, and that's probably the only card you really like have strong feelings about. So if you're up against another Wonder Twins player or another Veers Bobo player, and you want to like roll the dice and pick. You don't care about tableside. You want to roll the dice and pick red player for yourself. Like if you have the bid, there's a, there's a good chance that your opponent cut the same cards that you did. Who's that rebel hero that cut uh, clear conditions? <laughs> um, it was probably uh, Lupo. <laughs> Let me check. Yeah, that's maybe that says like spicy chicken combo or something to me, right? I, I, yeah, I don't know what list it was, but like. I think you got to be doing something uh, janky I'm, I'm like that to clear, clear conditions. Uh, and oh yeah, honestly, I don't think clear conditions should be a card. Um, uh, it was uh, it was Andrew Myers. Okay, uh, and he was he was running uh, flyboys mm. with Wookies. So yeah. there no, you go. No yep, yep, that's <laughs> all go. good for him. No, yeah. no snipers. Yep. No snipers. Yeah, all good for him. He yep, doesn't care about clear. That's a good call. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's just so uninteresting. I hate clear conditions. It is. It is boring. Yeah, it's just like a blank yeah, like, card. I it <laughs> you know what like, I mean? I, I, I don't like playing it. Sometimes you have the luxury of fighting on a sunny day, you know. And, <laughs> and guess what, rebels? That means you're doing it wrong. <laughs> there you go. 
I don't know. I think limited vision. No, 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 no. Sorry, I meant from like a thematic perspective. Yeah. If if you're oh, rebels, yeah, 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 yeah. thematically, play your sunny day, yeah. you probably do the rock. <laughs> it's like you know, over here, shoot us, <laughs> please. <laughs> Even like the one time you see what would be functionally a coordinated bombardment, which I think the closest thing that that comes to in an actual movie is like the X-wing strike yeah. from Rogue One. It's like rainy yep. and stormy, you know. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> yeah. yeah clearly limited visibility um, oh yeah um, you, just, you just don't do that alright <laughs> yeah I guess they did kill a friendly in that one so maybe it should not have been uh, you know anyway spoiler alert um, yeah hmm. whoops <laughs> I swear to God, if you, play this game you guys got anything else on these yeah uh, I don't know go watch Obligat- it obligatory just watch it again because it's a great movie. I watch the Darth Vader Hall yeah, like, at least once a week. It's, <laughs> it's on YouTube clips. It's got to nourish your, it's your dark side meditation. There you go. Are right, you guys got anything else on these? No, I'm uh, I'm ready to go. All right. We good? Cool. Well, next week, um, I'm not sure what we'll I talk imagine. about. I'm sure we'll, we'll have to talk about. There you go. Yeah, we'll have some yeah, spicy, fingers crossed. spicy zoom enhance reveals from tomorrow. Yes. I think it's going to be really funny if like one of those units that has a bunch of unrevealed upgrade cards just dies on the first turn and they don't get to use it. <laughs> well, so <laughs> it's like X X X thirty four where we don't know what any of the hard point or passenger upgrades I'm, are, but just rolls out there and then yeah. gets pasted. I'm, I'm hoping they do it like the Destiny <laughs> yeah. stream and like they've got like this card like a camera specifically for the new cards. Um, and it, um, it that'd, I, that'd be cool. We'll see clearly, but um, yep, that would be nice. I just think it would be really funny if, you know, they don't do something like that. And like, we don't get to see, I'm, I'm sure they would, cause they're cool dudes. I'm sure they would. Like if, should, uh, if the land speeder gets blown anyway. up turn one, we should do a giveaway. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Free land, free land yeah. speeder. Yeah. Should, should we just start a bunch of pools on, you know, what's going to happen in this game? Definitely. Well, we don't know the scenario or anything. No. It's, except that it's three, we by, know, three by three. Yeah. I mean, it's three by three. So everything can shoot everything. It's all game. I'm hoping to see some kind of like Skywalker de- lightsaber delivery system going on. Yeah, same here. FedEx for a I mean, they're lightsaber not force. Play any yep. point game, I assume. On a three, I, I certainly hope not. On a on three, a three by, by three, three, no, it's got to be a five hundred. Have to be. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, I mean, you could you could fit eight hundred points on a I mean, three by three if they're taking heavies like. The the tanks at least what, uh, how much is it? It's I don't know, big, it's big, you know. I mean, it's, it's big. like a lot of the yeah. cost of an ATSD. Like five hundred points is going to be really limiting. I don't. Yeah, it's true. That is true. Well, we'll see what they have in store for us. I guess we'll see. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. So by the time you're listening to this, it could be like going on now. Could be over. That's true. Yeah. Oh, and one last thing: if you if you haven't played Legion on a three by three or done any of those operations, I highly recommend you try it. It's actually really compressible, and some of my locals find that more fun than standard. So feel free to to try that out with low force count and just uh, just play, man. Just play. It's really fun. 
like a, it's called a it's called a raid i think when you play on a three by three lower lower point count so yeah give it a shot it's fun darth vader's gotta be so much better all right oh yeah oh yeah yeah well and luke i mean luke gets the yeah, things like, faster too luke doesn't need to be better you know <laughs> that's true yeah it definitely helps vader when you're playing yep. on half the table all right well uh so next week we will talk about some of that no doubt and uh everybody have a good week of some awesome legion action i'm uh kyle i'm mike and i'm david and we're the notorious scoundrels peace out join us next time for another edition of the notorious scoundrels podcast this has been a fifth trooper production 